going on everyone this is let's be nerds today we're bringing to the table uh some pretty hot button topics not really hot button but they are super nerdy all right so before we really get into them we got steven j we got gordon we got carmen today we're going to be talking about probably the three biggest series and no not star wars but it is lord of the rings harry potter and doctor who not in that specific order but before we really get into it let's See who, yeah, let's check in on everybody here. Stephen J, how are we doing tonight? Eric, I am doing fantastic. Thank you for being here. Thank you, everyone, for being here. I'm so excited. I finally get my Harry Potter episode, damn it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Mr. Gordon? I am doing great tonight, Eric. Immaculate second intro for you. And I am finally excited to get my Doctor Who episode that I have been begging Steve for for 50 episodes. <laughs> All <almost>. right. <laughs> Carmen, how are we doing today? I'm good, and I'm excited to just be here for another episode in general. <laughs> <laughs> we're glad to have you back. So uh, we're going to start off with Stephen Jay. He's got some Harry Potter stuff he wants to go over with us. So SJ, you want to kick her on off here? I would love to. Um I would have to say that Harry Potter was such an iconic childhood staple for not just myself, but for so many others. And I posed this question to everyone as like the great debate. And I included Doctor Who as a, as a sympathy vote for Gordon, because I knew how much he wanted to talk about Doctor Who. <laughs> but, you know, you got to put some bananas in with the apples. Um, I will say that... Harry Potter to me is the triumphant of all three. And I realize that maybe my argument's a little invalid because I really only ever sleep through Lord of the Rings and I have not seen an episode of Doctor Who. But I'm here to assure you that Harry Potter is something that unites friends, it unites families, it's a story that can be passed on. I know so many people my age that have grown up on Harry Potter, and they are just so excited to pass that whole legacy on to their children. And uh, Harry Potter went through some controversial stuff, man. I mean, I remember when they were banned, and they went through the whole witchcraft of it all. And it, they really showed that a good story balances of friendship and love and, and magic and honor can really kind of go through it all and still rise on top and uh, be on two streaming services. Uh, <laughs> can Lord of the Rings say that? I don't know. Yes. What do I, what do I know? Um, <clears throat> but I'm just, I'm basically here for Harry Potter supremacy. I will say that Harry should have married Hermione, and uh, I'll stand by that one. I'm sure the Harry Potter fans are going to hate on me. But, before we move on, 
what's everyone's level of Harry Potter knowledge? I need to I need to stop you right here, buddy. You can't say you're a Harry Potter fan and have only watched the movies. That's just not a valid argument. Uh, nope, you've only I, seen two. You've only read two of the books. Doesn't count. You need to read them I all. Even, I didn't even say you, that on camera. I, you just. I you, no. You just I don't. I yes. I I me. am because if you read all the books, you'll understand why he's better off with Ginny Guinea, however you want to pronounce it, and you'll get to meet a bunch of characters that were not you just in Guinea. I don't know how to pronounce slur. it. I don't care. Slur for Italian people. I can't Guinea. speak English properly, and if you read all the books, you get to meet all the characters that they didn't put in the movies because they are trash. I think you just racially profiled me. For like Winky. Winky is the best name. hell self, and you don't even get to meet her because she's not in the movies. Okay. I, I will stand, but I will still stand on the front of Harry Potter supremacy because you were only adding to my argument. Yes. Did I only read up the Chamber of Secrets and get halfway through Prisoners of Azkaban before they were removed and I was not allowed... It was a trying time, and there was somebody that uh, was not allowing them in their child's household that was a family member. And so, therefore, my parents took pause and questioned the validity. And uh, I respect their decision as parents, but I understand that you guys all know my folks. They're not those types of people. But because the pressure around Harry Potter was so high... One aunt said, oh, no, we don't let our children read that. And it caused a little bit of a, you know, a scandal, if you will. Today, I I laugh at that because they don't even speak it was, to that family member. No, I think it was just kind of the time when the books came out is there was a lot of uncertainty in the world. And, and there's always going to be generations that have their banned books you know you had to kill a mockingbird catcher in the rye um so i think harry potter just kind of was one of those generational books that was that generations or that decades banned book the hot list the hot button thing that you couldn't touch i would agree with you carmen i think that it really came under a lot of scrutiny and i think it was misguided but that's kind of what happened. So yes, Gordon, I did not read all the books, and I apologize. But <laughs> I've watched the movies multiple times, and <laughs> I like what I saw. I mean, I'm a big fan of Universal Studios' version of Harry Potter World. Um, I'm just going to say, as like an outsider who's somebody who hasn't read the books, um, I've seen a handful of movies. I enjoy what I've seen. Um, the immersive experience of being at Universal, even though I'm not a fan before I got there, like makes me a fan of just being able to jump into that world and not feel like an outsider when I'm there. Universal you want your letter. You want your Hogwarts letter. I get I it. I do want my Hogwarts letter. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> it, it's, it's enchanting. It truly it is. is. And I have to shift gears because we did this a little bit before we started so i have done the whole for those of you that are listening there's a website that's officially unofficially connected to the potter universe and it's called pottermore and it's it's essentially like taking an sat but i took mine and i was gryffindor gordon were was yours through pottermore as well when I first got into Harry Potter, no. But when I found out about that website, yes, and I got Hufflepuff. 
Hufflepuff. So for those of you that are completely unfamiliar with Harry Potter and are living under a rock currently, um, there's four houses, and it's Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin. And it's very much become a cult following of fans figuring out if they were if this were real what world would they be in and that's part of even the excitement is knowing once i don't know it's it's like you said carmen it goes to the universal and like the mm -hmm. whole immersive i think that's what makes the books that i read and the movie so magical is the ability to kind of envision yourself in this world and uh, yeah so you guys, Eric and Carmen, you guys have not known what houses you were in. Carmen, why don't you kick us off with what you just did before we started recording and what house you got? Yes. So I did a BuzzFeed <clears throat> one. Uh, it was like a little like 10, 15 question quickie. Um, and it came up with Gryffindor for me as well, too. Yay. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> I'm hoping that's a good thing. Good choice. Oh, yes. <laughs> best, best house. Best. Yes. Most you know of the protagonists think, are in wait, that house. I'll wait till Eric tells his story because I have something I want to chime in on with the house thing and the sorting that I think may I'll come back. <laughs> Mr. Eric. Yes. Tell us about your house sorting <laughs> process. Okay, so my house sorting process was no um elaborate in depth buzzfeed uh you know see what type of personality is hidden within you you know how burnt of a slice of piece of toast you are uh it was a fingerprint on my smartphone and i may be on a watch list now but i am a slytherin. and only a slytherin is, has the iq of the level that taking a thumbprint to find your house would work for them Exactly. Wait a minute. I think that's a little slanderous. Slytherin, <laughs> I don't it, think it is. Slytherin's Slytherin hard is not to be they're, they're, they're in the basement for a reason. They're cunning. They're, they're, Gordon, this is a misrepresentation. They are cunning. Maybe. Are... Slightly. <laughs> Just this is, of Eric. This is slander. <laughs> <laughs> no, Slytherin are not dumb. They're not, you know, neanderthals they're cunning and they do things different and the whole idea behind the slytherin is that they can sometimes end up on the wrong side of the law because they will take their own approach to situations and they will figure out a way that is maybe not the universally accepted way but they it's not that they're dumb they just there's a lot of great there's a lot of gray area with their yeah. ability that's where i live my life in the gray <laughs> for, for us one brain cell folk that's also convenient plot hole for anything bad blame on slytherin well. <laughs> <laughs> no carmen what did you want to say after eric revealed his uh fingerprint id scan and potential it's watch legit. list <laughs> watch list. Well, I hope you're not on a watch list, but I know that you mentioned that you think that, uh, you know, having the generation of it, that, that enjoys Harry Potter really gets into trying to figure out what house they belong to. And I think part of the reason of that is that feeling of belonging in general. So like 
these quizzes, these questionnaires to figure out what house you're in, they're all questions that relate to your personality, not necessarily your athletic ability, your, you know, educational ability, your smarts or whatever. It's who you are as a person. So it's finding out who you are as a person and where do you belong in society. And I think that's why a lot of people get into it. That makes a lot of sense. It's it's an identifiable quality that even though it's based in a fictitious setting in a fictitious yeah. world it's applicable to everyday life so it yeah. gives people like a commonality and a common ground and it finds I, something else that i think that you can be liking about you like that you can like about yourself so you know you may not look a certain way or you know have a certain body shape uh, or have like i said athletic abilities but maybe you're kind-hearted maybe you're a natural born leader maybe you're really cunning or manipulative Take that however you want to take it. Maybe you're, you know, just genuinely happy and trying to find the joy in life. And those are admirable qualities. So it gives you the ability to see other good things about yourself that you may not have outwardly recognized if you didn't take like, those kind of quizzes. Like a form of reassurance that, hey, I have some good things going for me too. Yep. I like that. I think that, and maybe that speaks to the larger volume because... I mean, I understand that we're going to have a Lord of the Rings debate on this one, but I do think that especially for youth, let's let's keep it civil on this one, for youth, I think that's why Harry Potter is such an important part of the reading cycle, is I think something, that, like what you touched on, Carmen, it does allow a sense of community, a mm -hmm. belonging, and a sense of identifying, and that, that is important in youth. But with that, I will get off of my little Harry Potter soapbox that is superior, and I want to hear from one of you Lord of the Rings people that are able to stay awake through it and tell me about it. Tell me what I missed. Eric, take the lead. Take the lead, Eric. I think you uh, will be better at this than me. Uh, yeah, I've been cramming for a whole 20 minutes before the show. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, we lost the Red Panda. It's okay. He's here in spirit. Right there. <clears throat> Okay, so uh, Lord of the Rings series, awesome, awesome book series. Uh, it has three books in the series. Uh, we're not counting The Hobbit because that's actually kind of a prequely type thing that happened like ninety years before um, the Lord of the Rings. Well, more like sixty years before it. <laughs> nice, Gordon. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so the Lord of the Rings takes place in Middle Earth. Just after the Hobbit, uh, what other fun facts do I have? Uh, three <laughs> books: The Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, The Return of the King. They were released. Um, the Fellowship of the Rings was released in 1954, and The Two Towers was also released in 1954, followed by The Return of the King in 1955. It has been translated in over to over 38 different languages. <clears throat> Uh, it also won an award for British. Uh, it's been named British's Britain's best novel of all time in the 2003 poll of the Big Read. It took first place. Wow! And interesting. The only Harry Potter book that showed up, and this is this was a poll in 2003. The only Harry Potter book that showed up was The Goblet of Fire, and that took fifth. So I think that's the people's favorites it 
All right, I get the I get the shade. Right. I'm picking the, the, up on the shade. Uh, Great Britain tallied almost a million votes for this poll, and uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings came out on top for it. So, moving on. <laughs> in so um, British's taste in food and books are soggy about. bread and beans. <laughs> well, bad bad books. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter made that list, at least. Um, it did beat the list. It did. In uh, April of 2021, Lord of the Rings has sold over 600 million copies. Wow. Hell a lot, man. I say that is a lot, but if you think about... The Lord of the Rings has been around since the 1950s. It's one of the oldest exactly. franchises. So that's 600 million since 1950s. How many has... Harry Potter sold since it first came out, and if you were to do that ratio, who would be the more? I'm just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> Sing it, sister. <laughs> now, let's see, I am not 500 million copies Harry for Harry Potter. 500, 500 million. 500 yep. million, and it came out in the 90s, 2000. Yeah, I think 90s. late 90s, early 2000s. I believe the yeah, last movie 90s. came out. In so you're talking like a 20-ish year time frame for Harry Potter. With only with five hundred million, I think that has a greater percentage of. If you look at the like longevity and how long it's been around, Harry Potter has had a much faster build and claim to fame. I yeah. will say that I'm not opposed to the Harry Potter series. I really no. like it. The no. movies are really good. If I could read the books, would be great. <laughs> now, I I want to say something in Lord of the Rings defense for their books, because. R.R. Tolkien has a bad and nasty habit of explaining the backstory of every single tree for like 30 pages. Yeah, he is super descriptive. So as much as it is beautiful to read, it is not something that's going to keep the reader there for long enough if you're not into that kind of thing. Can I draw a comparison? Is it similar to George R.R. Martin from... Uh... Game of Thrones, where he can write in detail about the feasts and the sex scenes, yep. and then like everything else is bare bones, but the feasts and the sex scenes are top-notch. Well, detail. everything <laughs> in Lord of the Rings books are truly immaculate detail, in my opinion. Um, he just... He is thorough. He makes sure there's backstory for everything, makes sure that everything has its place that it came from, Lord of the Rings has its entire own mythology and how mm -hmm. everything was created. And it it is a great read. If you can sit through the literal pages on problem pages of descriptions, it's worth it. it. It truly is. I think he took 10 pages to describe a tree. I, I do mean that literally. I'm pretty sure that's the number it came out to. If you were to read the books... I think in the first Lord of the Rings, it took him 10 pages to describe one tree. Not a family of trees, a singular tree. I only ever heard that as a punchline. I didn't think that was actually true. I'm not pretty, pretty sure. Accurate. Uh, That's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, whenever they were in the woods where uh, Galadriel lives, they, uh, mm -hmm. they all live in trees. So Tolkien took it upon himself. Well, also, as the writer, of course you have to do that. Uh, he had to describe the tree, its origin, mm -hmm. where it came from, from how long it takes to grow, and how exactly the elves turn them into houses. 
So quite a lengthy description of the tree. And at this moment, I can't remember what the name of the tree is, but it is very uh, iconic. It's uh, actually on the cover of the original Fellowship of the Rings book. So, so it has importance to the plot. Like, it's yeah, no, not just like not. he's... <laughs> it's not like he's trying to, like, you know, he has, like, a thousand word, you know, essay. He has to, like, fill in the blanks and... It, it serves yeah. a purpose, and if it wasn't for that, you really wouldn't understand why it's important to the story. Yeah, it, it truly does yeah. set the scene very, very well, and, and that's what Tolkien is very, very good at, is, is setting the scene, making the reader feel really immersed in yeah. the world things, in a, a, you know, wandering through uh, Mirkwood, you know, how he describes how... Uh, the trail will wind and, you know, all the little shrubs on the side, but it's so dark uh, off the side of the trail that, mm -hmm. you know, they step off it, they will be lost instantly. You know, he really, really puts you in that mindset. Like he, you know, it's it's amazing how he's able to describe things so vividly. It is truly beautiful, too. And a fun fact for anyone who doesn't know this, which I don't know if many do, supposedly, and this is from his own words, his own mouth, everything in Lord of the Rings is based off of a lost history that none of us remember. And books that he found in an old library around where he lived, he based, even the languages and everything, he based off of this old history book that he feels is real and not fiction that he found. Oh, wow. That's not the best way to describe it. Because I don't remember the full story, but he fully believes that everything he wrote about truly happened in history. Or some wow. version of what he wrote about happened in history. Okay. Alright, I'm going to back off. I'm going to back off the Lord of the Rings hate train. You won me. You won me over. They won me when they had second breakfast. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> And you like, got honestly. Go ahead, Steve. Sorry. I, I was going to say, like, the Hobbit life in general. Like, mm -hmm. I will say, and I love that Eric made the distinction. One movie that I showed up for every time in theaters was the Hobbit films. I was obsessed. I loved it much better than Lord of the Rings. But, like, that lifestyle of, like, living so. I don't know. I, the way they described that, I was like, I, I get it, and I, I relate, and I maybe I am a hobbit. I, <laughs> I have it up in front of me. It's breakfast at 7.30, second breakfast at 9.30, 11 C's at 11, luncheon at 1, afternoon tea at 2.30, dinner at 5.30, and supper at 9. Truly yeah, how anyone that. wants to live. Nine's a little late, but I like it. I mean, they're hobbits. Perfect. They don't do anything except live off the land. It doesn't like, have no. to be huge meals. Like breakfast, like at seven thirty in the morning, could literally be just like a piece of toast. Yeah, and then I'm you can a... have like a waffle at you know second breakfast. Elevens is, is like brunch. Maybe you could throw like you know oh, an egg on your burger or something. For those little like uh like cut sandwiches. Oh, I love those for. Like, yeah, that would lunch. be a tea at two oh. thirty. Yeah, your little finger love sandwiches that. at tea. Love that shit. Eat yeah. that up. I'm pretty sure it's described in the books too, but I'm not sure. I can't remember. Well, that's that. You can get my interest. Like I, I want to know their diet plan. I want to know their meals. 
I'm just Americanized where I think like every meal's pasta or something. Like, you know what I mean? It's like everything's big and large portions. So, no. yeah. and not healthy. Oh, not healthy at all. No, lots of marinara. Lots of, yeah, it's not well. It's not well. <laughs> it's not well. <laughs> all right. So, you guys have won me on Lord of the Rings. Um, what's our time frame look? Do we want to take a break before we get into Doctor Who? Because I am genuinely curious about Doctor Who, Doctor Who mythology. Doctor Hugh. Doctor Whip. 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 We're running at around Sorry. twenty-four minutes, but that's up to you if you want a break. Yeah, let's take a quick break, and uh, we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about a little bit of Doctor Who and uh, kind of see what that has to offer because again gordo this is something i threw in there for you because i know that this series does mean a lot to you and i promise i'm not going to bully you on this i don't believe you i I promise (laughs) i genuinely am curious to see why this is i feel like it resonates with you and i'm curious to hear about it so we will be right back after this and we will be picking up with doctor who Our last two sponsors of the day are Audible and CodeMonkey. Audible is a wonderful application in which you are able to combine your love of audiobooks and your love of podcasts all in one streamlined place. I have been using Audible for about two months now and I have to say the experience has been tremendous. I have found that being somebody that's constantly on the go having one generalized place to find all of my entertainment whether i'm traveling in the car or listening at work it has really made my life a little bit easier because i can find everything i'm looking for in one spot and i'm never missing out i'm staying on top of current things current events with my podcasts and i'm making progress on the books that i want to read We here at Speakeasley Productions and Let's Be Nerds are proud to offer you a 30-day trial with a free credit. All you have to do is click the link in the description box below and you can sign up now and try it for yourself. Let us know what you think because we're pretty proud of this program. CodeMonkey is a very important application. We all know that children are the future and CodeMonkey is taking that very seriously. With programs for both parents and teachers, this is a fun, interactive way for children to learn coding while gaming. Yes, you heard that right, coding. Teach them young and help them prepare for their future careers in this ever-changing technology environment. CodeMonkey is first in its class in its fun and educational software. We would love for you to give it a try. The link for the description The link for it will be in the description box below, and please let us know what you think. I am extremely proud to work with them because I believe that they have a very similar vision that I I and my co-host share. Children are the future, and we need to educate them and get them better prepared for the job market ahead. With that being said, thank you Audible and thank you CodeMonkey for making this podcast possible. All right, we're back, and now we got Gordon. He is going to educate all of us heathens on exactly what a Doctor Who is and how a Tartarus plays into it with a phone booth. Uh, 
<laughs> All I can say is there's just a plethora, a huge, huge amount of pop culture references to Doctor Who uh, and the Tartarus being a Tesseract, being able to oh, move through space no, and no, time. No, I had to stop him there. <laughs> you got to stop. Tardis. Tartarus. Fitting, Where? It is Tardis. Oh my gosh. It's an acronym. Tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. Or is that like a, from like Percy? Like Perseus? And... No. Perseus. Yeah, that's the real Perseus. That's from, that's from Greek mythology. Yeah. That's okay. One of the, yeah. Tardis. Tardis, Tardis is an acronym. Time and relative dimensions in space. Tardis. Ooh, damn. It is an acronym. Don't put useless words in my acronym. Ooh, spicy. Okay, so let's say it right. <laughs> Sorry. He said it he said it wrong one too many times and I got a little little heated. Um Doctor Who is great. There are well over 800 episodes and more coming. We're on the 13th Doctor. The 14th Doctor is already picked as well. It's going to be, um... Isn't she... Isn't... It's a woman. Right now it's a woman, yes. Jody um... Wataka? Watalker? I don't know. I can't pronounce actors or actresses' names, and I will gladly butcher them with all of my heart. Um... Although, this one... Although... Yes, the names. And butchering this name could get me cancelled... Mazero something Guada. He is an African American actor who is going to be coming the fourteenth Doctor after the thirteenth Doctor's season or contract runs out. Nice. I can't pronounce his name. I'll throw it in Discord real quick for everyone. Like, okay, love that it's progressive, but like, doesn't that have to suck to be like, oh, well, my contract's ended and they already announced the new guy. Like, as the actor currently, wouldn't that kind of suck? They, to the best like of my knowledge. Of the next one's always picked well before oh. the next season's out, so that way they can roll with recordings much smoother instead of we have to put off for longer now because we can't find the right actor or actress and so on and so forth. So it's not like you got fired and we already picked your replacement. Exactly. They no. sign on for a certain amount of seasons or years. Okay. It, I think um, Jody is on her third season as the 13th doctor i don't know i haven't watched much of her because great progressive i love it they truly didn't do a terrible job with it they just didn't do it right either in my opinion it wasn't the best transition wasn't what i was expecting wasn't what a lot of people are expecting but it's still true to who doctor who is all of the previous 12 versions of him. And the next one I'm sure is going to be great as well. Great stories. I just hope they don't try to make it too progressive into anything else because not for the hate towards it. It's just keep it the way it is and don't focus on all the other bullshit. Bring in whatever actor you want to play the Doctor. The Doctor can be literally anyone. He is a regenerating infinitely old man who can become a random person every time he dies. He regenerates as someone completely random. To the best of my knowledge, there is no 
set way that he regenerates. It is all luck of the draw. He could be a ginger for all we care. I think he was. So let's get into the meat and the fabric. Like, what does the doctor even do? Like, let's get into that. Like, what does he do? The the doctor is, I guess you could say, time's greatest hero. No, that's right. He's literally time's greatest hero. He goes around in his TARDIS, which is able to travel to different times, dimensions, hence the name. Um, (laughs) Time and and dimensions. Um, he is able to travel as far forward in time, as far back in time, to any dimension imaginable. And he usually travels to points in time where major time-altering events that are going to knock the universe off its course take place. So we're going to use this for an example, just because I feel it's... Just because I want to. We're going to take World War II, for example. Imagine someone went, someone, one of the Doctor's enemies, went back in time, because this episode did happen in this era, and wanted to make it so that the bad people won. I won't say their names, because that might get us canceled. Um, It can be triggering. Yeah. yeah, Maybe they want to make it so where the bad people won. He would have to travel to that time, and write history make it so that way whatever the people before him did it gets reverted back and he is infamous for not killing that is he never handles a gun and he does not like to kill any of his enemies so to speak it is against his rules he'll never do it he will torture you for the rest of your life but he won't kill you as uh, dave Tennant's 10th doctor Push someone into a bottomless pit. Push someone into the um, fault zone of a collapsing star and made someone immortal and made them guard a field as a scarecrow for the rest of their life and then trapped that guy's sister in a mirror for eternity. Because he was mad at them for trying to take his powers away. Because at that time, he... All Time Lords can put their personalities, their powers, into a special watch that is made by the Doctor's people, Gallifreyans. And it can hold his consciousness and his regenerative power. It is what pretty much every single bad guy wants to take from him, especially the Angels, the worst of the worst bad guys, for anyone who doesn't know who the Angels are. Any stone statue you look at, you can't, you don't stop staring at it. The second you close your eyes, the second you blink, turn around, anything, they will move. You can't look away from them. The second you look away, they will move towards you. And if they touch you, I can't exactly say, you know, like beat you up. They drain the life force from your body in a snap and you no longer exist. And they are the Doctor's greatest enemy because they exist throughout all of time. They, to the best of my knowledge, which truly isn't that great when it comes to this matter, are, have no, the Doctor does not know their true origin. They showed up one day and are after him. They are after 
the regenerative powers that he has to expand their life further. And a lot of people, because they feed off of that, you can call it radiation. I believe it's referred to that whenever he does his transformations. Golden light beams out from his, usually it's arms first, then head, and then he changes his appearance. And it takes him, depending on regeneration, it takes him time to get used to the body, remember everything from his past lives. He is no set age. It truly, I don't think there is a number to how old he is because of how many times he's regenerated and how much he's traveled back and forth through time. That power that turns him into the next one, regenerates him, is what the angels are after to make their species live forever. Although people like to say the Daleks, lovely little, at first glance for anyone who's peering into the universe, are robotic creatures. They are really mechs. They are powered by a gelatinous blob of what used to be humans, I believe. Kind of like if you boiled them down and gave them tentacles-ish and put them inside of a metal can that is nigh indestructible and can shoot lasers that disintegrates people. And if it touches you, you're dead. Bones, everything vaporized in an instant. It's like magic. That is um, what most people... It's what the general... His biggest enemy is people who say the Daleks, but because they've been battling for he, the Daleks are the reason why his planet got destroyed and why he's the only one left of his people. Gordon, you did an excellent job explaining it. You can breathe now. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm genuinely I had no idea that it was involved and that it had that much of like a mythos around it yeah um, where do you, where do you stream this for the like is it netflix is it bbc like where um currently i don't know if it's on a streaming service because it was on bbc at one point then it got mm-hmm. bought out by warner brothers and then it got bought out again. It keeps changing services, but I will look it up for you real fast. I it's on. It looks like it's on HBO Max. Is okay. it on there right now? Uh oh, wait. I might have misspoke. I can uh... check real quick because that's where I have been watching it recently. But I wasn't sure if it's moved yet because I haven't watched it in a hot. Minute. It looks like it might be moving to Amazon or Philo. But it's it definitely on Amazon. Now. As of right now, it does look like it's on. Okay, HBO Doctor Max. Who is on HBO Max right now. You can watch all the seasons, seasons 1 through 13. Um, I recommend, now, as someone who has watched, I have watched every episode. I have truly have from the first Doctor released in 1963 to 2017's 12th Doctor, Peter Capital. Dolly? Sure, we'll go with that. Um, and a couple of the 13th Doctor, Jody. You can skip from the 1st to the 8th Doctor because after the 8th Doctor, the channel or the system show 
show got canceled and then came back with the ninth doctor. The ninth doctor is garbage. I think he's the worst out of all of them. You might as well just start with the tenth doctor, David Tennant, because you're not missing much from the ninth doctor. But to get technical, you meet the tenth doctor's current companion with the ninth doctor. And that companion may or may not play more important roles later on. But you get to know her enough with Dave Tennant. You don't need to see the Ninth Doctor, who was horrible. Was it really that the Doctor was that bad? Or was it just the writing was that bad? No actor. Bad actor choice, in my opinion. He only did one season. All other Doctors, except for maybe one other, had at least two seasons at the minimum. Like fat contracts. He was in and out. I didn't realize that the doctor was like a regenerative and like knew its history. I thought it was kind of like the librarians where like you have a librarian and there's a new one that's chosen. So it's always like a new librarian with new adventures. And totally not connected. Not connected, I... not like a reincarnation kind of dealy. So I didn't realize that like the doctor is the same doctor just in like a different generation. So I didn't and so gender speak. and race yeah. and age and just reincarnated something different. Yep. That's yes. really cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Reincarnation, I don't think is the right word. No, the reason why... It, like, is it regenerated versus yeah. reincarnated? Because it's not like he's born. He's physically manifested into a new body, so to speak. Exactly. So wherever he were to take his last breath, where I guess I should preface for those who don't know, all Gallifreyans, granted... The doctors, the last one, have two hearts. Um, that is, they look identical to humans except for the fact that they have two hearts. So unless you know that about them, um, you don't you know that shut, they're you need, you need to shut them both off. You couldn't tell the difference. And Eric, if you're about to tell me technically he's not the last one, wrong. Um, he killed his other one because he was being a meanie. Well. Just being a meanie. Um, <laughs> wherever, <laughs> wherever the doctor dies, at that spot, the power of the doctors, the Gallifreyans, will regenerate him then and there with a new face, new body, everything. It's not gotcha. a time period. The time period comes in him getting used to the body and remembering his previous lives. And there's, I mean, I don't want to say this, like, sound like, I don't know how to put it. There are truly a lot of, throughout the many generations that this move, TV show has come out, and the many movies specials that have come out in tandem with them, there are truly a lot of very inspirational quotes and moments in this TV show that I feel would spark Maybe not someone who was in a deep, sad boy time. But, like, if you needed pumped up at work or, like, the workday was going bad, you could watch an episode with these with one of his speeches that the doctors do, and it would bring your mood back up a hundredfold. I only have, like, five compilations on YouTube of these things. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's been on the air since the 60s, you gotta think, yeah, it's gonna have some good, some good memorable quotes to have that kind of longevity. And I do want to say, for whatever reason, 
maybe because the show was um, produced in Britain and uh, all that. The doctor always has a British accent. Almost always. Like, nine times... Sorry. 13... 12 times out of 13 so far, he has a British accent. (laughs) I think there's one doctor towards the middle that doesn't, but I'm pretty sure all the other ones try to have a British accent. At least in the... uh, From the 9th to the 13th, they all have that accent. And it all takes place mainly around Britain. Britain. He also has a title given to him by the United Nations in this show as president of the world. If that, if there was ever an alien invasion that the United That's States... That's who they meet with? That the United States or any of the other major powers could not handle, they call him in as the president of the world to take care of it. I will be 100% honest, Gordon. I did not think that I would have any desire to watch this show after this, but I, you have my interest peaked. I recommend this for everyone. It is amazing. Huh. Yeah, I definitely wrote this show off as just a dry, terrible British adventure show. It's not but it the does office. sound better. It does sound a lot better <laughs> than what I imagined. It's not the office. Is that I might have said that. Yes. <laughs> no, there is. It's truly unless the every now it's a bit long to watch because the episodes are forty minutes long each. Um, it's not that bad. It's not bad. I mean, this it's is a week. Twenty-eight seasons. <laughs> this is a, a long time. This is yeah. From the doctors that matter, starting at season. Starting from the ninth to the current, there's only thirteen seasons. Okay. The everything before that you don't have to watch it is not relevant to what has come out now because that is post cancellation, where everything else is pre cancellation. The original they don't even running refer to any of that stuff in the newer episodes. The only the closest they come to referring to is the Great Time War, which is what the excuse they use for the gap between nineteen ninety six and oh five in the time period it took to get the series started back up again. They yeah. say in between that time, they don't count that doctor as a doctor. He was someone who was there for war, who had to kill someone that he does not talk about that part of him. And that regeneration is not in the history that anyone knows except for the doctor as he was the one who lived it. They use that, I believe, in the story to explain why they were gone between that time. Even though I think technically it took place before the first Doctor, which is what gets really fucked up about this show. And I have to use that word as much as we try to keep this PG-13. It truly does get you screwed up because the time war... Where in our universe, you know, the real world takes place between 96 and 05. I'm pretty sure it takes place before that point in the Doctor's history. According, like, as we've viewed it. And it's just very confusing because he has to make sure he doesn't run into his own self. Nothing bad happens. There is an amazing episode where... the 10th and the 11th Doctor meet the Doctor who is from the Time War and also meet the 
12th Doctor. Sorry, I had to make sure I was getting the numbers right. I have it in front of me. And there is a very nice crossover episode with three Doctors. And it gets very confusing. Because it's... He's here. He has to be careful not to go there again. Because it's not... He's not supposed to be the there at this... Thing, Carmen. He's he's the meme. It's the meme. It's the and meme. His, his wife... He has a wife. Technically, the wife is the wife of the 12th Doctor, but the 10th Doctor meets her earlier than he's supposed to because he doesn't. He hasn't even met the parents of his wife yet as the 10th Doctor. He doesn't meet them until the, uh, the 11th Doctor. And then he witnesses the birth of his own wife, and she is able to she also no 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 she can also time travel and do all those great things and she has knowledge that he can't know as his younger self because she has time traveled back into the past and is helping him with certain things without giving him information of the future or then there'd be issues because then there'd be conflict at these points in times where he has to make a decision I, I, Gordon I'm following <laughs> you and I'm going to be 100% I think you're you're now telling plot points that are relevant, but are a little bit more deeper that somebody would have to be watching to understand. It's very clear that you're passionate about this show, and your passion has actually turned my stance on it. Mm -hmm. So I think your mission is accomplished, and you can breathe, and you don't have to, you know. Because a, a lot of this, I think, is part of the experience of getting into mm -hmm. the show and yeah. we don't want to spoil that aspect because i think true. that's part of what got you hooked because you sound so passionate about it yeah i'd probably agree with you there i think another reason is i feel if after you guys watch doctor Who, if you go and watch it it truly in my mind at least gives you the feel of a superhero that is able to die granted they can regenerate but is that person I think everyone wants to be always good, always helping people out and making the right decision to better the future. And I feel like that is something that a lot of people can relate to as they watch this show. Hmm. I won't get any more philosophical. That's kind of like... <laughs> philosophical. Like, like all, three, all three worlds, essentially, like have in common is there's something that is relatable in each of them that people can gravitate towards. I, I'd agree with that. I think that the overarching theme is that there's something that resonates no matter yeah. what, fan, what fan base you're in. You can take something away and you feel seen, you feel heard. I, I don't think there's a, a debate here. I think that we would love to have it be that, but it's kind of all three of these seem like they're they're good for the culture, they're good for connection, they're good for representation, and yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's pretty cool. I mean, all three technically are British too, right? Damn, there's the, Brits and they're good content. I, I mean, I guess yeah, Lord of the Rings was yeah yeah written by. 
So the only, the only bad it. part about any of these is that they're British. British. Is it British? That's not really a bad thing <laughs> I don't necessarily. Think that's... that's not really a bad thing. <laughs> mm. They eat soggy toast and beans for breakfast. I mean, everybody does. <laughs> no, I don't think everyone does. No. I I I've only had beans for breakfast in my burrito. Just to clarify. That's um, fair. Nope. Nope. I haven't had beans for breakfast in anything. Not even Eric? like a good, like a solid salsa burrito? No. Maybe on accident. Yeah. I, can't think of... <laughs> I, I never woke up and like, damn, I could go for some beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. But I have thought about going for an 11sies. After I've already eaten breakfast, I do that every yeah. day. Right. I have a whole box <clears throat> of snacks. I think culturally, we can, like, I would relate to the Hobbit meal plan. That would probably be. I know. We're not I, talking, they're I, not I, part of the Lord of the Rings, but it's still like, I associate it with the movie, which is yeah. the same name essentially as the Lord of the Rings, even though it's not the same book. It sets the stage for the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Quite. I'm it down is with the Hobbit lifestyle. I feel it's the Lord of the Rings books to movies, except for all the details, like ex explaining everything. It really does do good justice. Not perfect, but it does better than most book to movies that I've seen. Definitely not perfect, but I feel like it's better than most. Although it's hard to find a good series that translate from the book to the movies i feel it's impossible <laughs> just make it a Isn't tv series point? make it a tv series every chapter is one episode and, and every season is the end of a book. book exactly you got a script right there why are you changing it why are you changing it I it's a multiverse that. it's a multiverse Some... no no okay. this save that <laughs> for carmen's talk no multiverse in this bs <laughs> yeah we want it from the book to we want it. We all have it in our minds of what it should look like. We just need to make them take it from our minds and put it into a movie or a TV show. Yeah, but every single person's book. mind is going to have a different picture in it. That's okay. Like, it'll be close enough. We're going to blend everything together and get the, like those weird face melds when you do like all the baseball players together and like get Joe baseball at the end. We're going to do that, but with everyone's like Im image of this book, and then that's what we're going to make the people look like in this show, whether they want to or not. That's plastic surgery. <laughs> all right, you got all the solutions. Because I, I mean, like in Harry Potter, they didn't do justice to any of the character descriptions for any of the. Characters. All right, I think that they didn't. They didn't. Little egregious. All right, we're not. We're not fighting. We're coming to a place of closure and happiness. Nope. Now get spicy. Let's I'm do not going to allow it. <laughs> spicy. <laughs> no, I think that fundamentally, I think that all three of these were important for literature, for film, for culture. And I think yeah. it's a good place to land if you're debating among these three fandoms, because from what I've seen, they are the most accepting and they seem to have a really good like i don't know community around mm -hmm. them and that's important especially for young people that are watching doctor who for the first time picking up a lord of the rings or a harry potter book or 
starting at the films or whatever they're doing. I think fundamentally the great debate is over when we realize that like all three are solid. Worthy. Yeah. Not the dramatic conclusion that I think people are expecting. <laughs> but does anyone have anything else to add to the episode in regards to any of your favorite shows? Any conspiracy theories or anything that we want to talk about? I do want to bring up one. Yeah. Anybody anybody heard that J.K. Rowling didn't actually write the books? Yes, I've heard that. I don't know if I believe it or not. Apparently they assume that because of her, which is a little classist, they say that because of her claimed socioeconomic status that it would have been really tough for her to write the books, which I kind of think is the opposite. Like, I think that would be more drive to, you know, do it. But there's people that claim that she is just the figurehead and that she didn't actually write the books. I mean, they said that about William Shakespeare as well, too, so... Oh. Well, that makes must mean you're a good author, then. If, like, they're making conspiracy theories about you, you probably made it. No. That... Hot take. Just no. no. I've not heard of another book she's written other than Harry Potter. I don't think it's... A... Wait. I'm sorry, I, you cut out Gordo. Oh, I'm sorry. I was saying that I've only ever heard J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter. Nothing else. I've never heard of another book she's written. She was under um, Robert... She was under a male pen name. And a lot of her books were well known under his, under the, the pen name. Um, I, could, I could look it up real quick. But yeah, uh, no, she, she, she is definitely like had some success outside of Harry Potter. Uh, J.K. Rowling, pen name. Eerie Galb Robert Galbraith. Um, he, he, she's had success under that pen name. So she has released other books. I think she might have found herself overshadowed because of the Harry Potter thing and chose to use a pen name. Um, but, yeah. Makes it, sense. Besides that, does anybody else have anything they want to add about their respective shows, movies, books, TV shows? I think I'm going to have to like start watching all of these more, is all I have to say. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> Am I going to watch Doc Doctor Who or am I going to binge watch Harry Potter for the 15th time? Jury does not know. Uh, jury does not know. <laughs> Gordo, what were you saying? I was going to say, I'll throw a watch party at my house. I, I have every streaming service. We can watch everything. <laughs> like We'll all just go like quit work and we're just going to do this. And stream it all because apparently that's popular now, just streaming TV shows and movies on Twitch. Mm -hmm. And not getting copyright Ooh. striked. How does that work? But you would think care. there would be a copyright claim. Twitch doesn't have enough time, especially if you're high profile. Mm -mm, they're just gonna let you go. But that's not a topic for this podcast. Maybe we'll talk about it on <laughs> Speak Easily. Eric, anything else to add before I wrap it up, my friend? No, I think we nailed it pretty well there. Uh, I mean, each one of these 
book series and TV shows, uh, they they truly do deserve their own episode just to really dive into them. You know, we just gave you like the Cliff's Notes version of everything. But uh, if it sparks anybody's interest to get into the Lord of the Rings or Doctor Who, like, you know, I'm probably going to have to watch some Doctor Who now, you know. But, uh, and, you know, I'm always trying to watch the the Harry Potter movies because my oldest daughter's into them now. So I get to have that little bonding with her. And she's, she's an absolute fan of them. She loves them. She's a Gryffindor. Very cool stuff. <laughs> well, with that being said, guys, I want to thank all of you for being here. I want to thank those of you that are listening. I want to thank our sponsors. This was another incredible episode of Let's Be Nerds. And without any of you, it wouldn't be possible. And I am so glad that you guys are here with us as we are winding down to episode number 50. It's been an incredible journey, and it's going to keep being an amazing journey. And with that being said, I'll see you in the next one. Internet privacy and internet security are two very hot-button issues. Any active user of the internet understands that you are always taking a risk, whether it be your private Wi-Fi at home or a public Wi-Fi connection, you are always at risk for somebody potentially hacking and breaching your data. That's why we here at Speakeasley Productions and Let's Be Nerds have partnered with NordVPN. We believe the services that they offer are of tremendous value. We believe they have a customer-focused service regarding your internet security and your internet privacy, and we support them 100%. If you click the link in the description box below, you can see the services that we are able to offer to our listeners through NordVPN at somewhat of a discount in order to better secure your internet experience. Help us support the show and support NordVPN and the incredible work that they're doing by clicking that link down below. Let's Be Nerds is hosted and executive produced by Gordon Bryant and me, Stephen J. McLean. Let's Be Nerds is a production of Speakeasley Productions. Our social media manager is Kylie Gregg. Our managing producer and co-host is Lizette Ayala. Today's guest host was Robert Van Jacobs. You can follow him on all social media platforms at Bobby Dub Music. To keep up with the latest on Let's Be Nerds, join our Discord server linked in the description box below. Follow us on Instagram at Let's Be Nerds Pod or find us on Twitter at Let's the Letter B Nerds. Thank you.